This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, November 14th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. Still fighting a cold, playing injured today, so please bear with me. I'll be buttressed, as always, on Thursdays by the lovely and talented Steve Wolfong, Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Smoothie in hand, snow on the ground. What's the latest, Steve? Good morning, Daniel. Yeah, I had to make a smoothie king run as the beautiful Kelly Wolfong is out of town on business. I'm running daddy daycare, but it's going smooth, almost as smooth as Ohio State season. This is going to be, and I, I posted this on the blue board, uh, but obviously it, it was a, it wasn't really a hot take and everyone's running with it now. It's the, uh, this is the most lopsided power five football game, uh, that I can think of in recent memory coming in. And it kind of sucks it's an away game because you can only travel with a certain amount of guys where if it was a home game, uh, coach day and, and, and company could play everybody in the program and all the guys putting in blood, sweat and tears, um, throughout the week, um, would, would get an opportunity, I think, to play in this ball game. And, and, uh, uh but it's a road game and I, I think we're going to see a lot of the young guys out there. Um, and, and you just hope every, obviously everyone stays healthy. Maryland last week, Rutgers this week. Like you said, I cannot think of a two-game stretch in the last 15 or so years that was this blatantly easy when there was literally no competitive spirit to the game whatsoever. I have to think it's come up. I haven't followed uh, every uh, minute detail of Coach Day's press conferences, but are people asking about, hey, you play Maryland and you play Rutgers and you turn around uh, a Penn State football team, how do you stay sharp? Uh, has that been broached? I think there's been a little bit of that, but as we will get to here in a second, current events have kind of obfuscated the conversation. Most of the chatter has been about Chase Young and the idea of him being released like a caged animal versus Penn State. So, no, I don't think anybody thinks the motivation is going to be an issue for that. Though, listen, if you play two candy-ass games like that, first quarter of the Penn State game will be certainly enlightening to see how they respond to it. But let's get back to the Chase Young situation. It has been, I air quote this, resolved. He missed the Maryland game. He will miss the Rutgers game. So basically all this has done is take away Chase's chance at a defensive Heisman Trophy if he ever really had a chance in the first place. Your thoughts on how the situation has come down and the idea that the rumors coming from Maryland have been shot down. Now everyone thinks it's allegedly coming from Penn State. Gene Smith took the podium yesterday and said the informant did not come from the Big Ten. Why don't you put a bow on the whole Chase Young fiasco that it's going to turn out to be much ado about nothing? Well, I think you got to take his word for it that the informant didn't come from the Big Ten as much as or as spicy and juicy uh, some of those other rumors were. 
starting with Keandre Jones and and going from there, right? Um, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of headlines and a lot of clicks uh, from that gossip, and, and so uh, a professional takes the the podium and, and says that. I think you got to take his word for it. I've known Elijah Brooks, the head football coach uh, at Dematha, for a long time, who's now obviously the running backs coach at Maryland. He still felt like he had to respond to it uh, on social media and, and, and made a post on Facebook about how nothing would come between him and his former players and current players. And, and I think spending a lot of time around Elijah, and you and I talked about it earlier this week, I mean, he's a grown-up, uh, Elijah Brooks is, and uh, very successful, uh, educated, smart leader, uh, and. Uh, uh, he wants nothing but good things to happen to Chase Young and and all his former players, and, and he's certainly not a guy that's going to be selfish in any regard and and say, hey, um, how, this could benefit me, poo-poo on everybody else. And uh, I just felt it was disappointing that he had to even uh, make a post like that, and that's the world we live in where, you know, people can run with, with – I don't know if it's a PG-13 show, but I didn't want to take it to rated R, but people can run with that BS, and, and, and he feels the need to respond. So I covered Elijah Brooks in high school. He was Tamatha's main running back in the early 2000s. He actually was the next really good running back at Tamatha after Brian Westbrook. Started Very under-recruited, obviously. Sure, I went to Villanova. Brooks actually started at Kent State. There was a stretch of time around when Brooks was getting out of high school, which was the early 2000s, where there was someone on Kent State staff with some D.C. ties, and they would take a ton of kids from the area. He transferred to William & Mary after his freshman year. He was actually Kent State's leading rusher as a freshman. Had a fantastic career at William & Mary. By the way, not an easy school to get through. And then he is like the proud son of DeMatha. He went back, and he was the head coach. He was a multi-sport guy at DeMatha, too. He played yeah, yeah. on their famous basketball him. team. In fact, my memory of the DeMatha vibe, like DeMatha was that team where they'd be down six with a minute to go and you knew they were going to win. DeMatha's basketball team is legendary. I don't want to digress too much, but he was essentially brought onto the Maryland staff to be the link to DeMatha. For those who don't know, College Park is a few minutes from Hyattsville, which is where DeMatha is located. And there's probably 10 to 15 kids a year that are good enough to play at Maryland from DeMatha. The idea that they would tinker with that pipeline in a game where they knew they were going to lose by 50 points with a guy they already had a pre-existing good relationship with, that just doesn't make any sense. My guess is that's just a bad rumor that caught fire early because of the link. I would be legitimately shocked if it was Elijah Brooks. The other names that we've all heard you know, make a little bit more sense, but hopefully we'll eventually find out. And like you said, when, when we had a discussion, listen, Chris broke the rules, he got caught, the punishment is fair, and we're moving on, and it doesn't look like he'll be any worse for the wear. Right. It's irresponsible for these journalists that run with, um, run with that, though. And I mean, these are people's lives, and you know, we live in this social media world now, and it's just, it was just an unfair... Maryland just got their ass whipped, and then they're dealing with this afterwards. You know, like, let the let, let Elijah Brooks live, man. I agree with that, but here's my only thing. If you decommit from a school based on a rumor like that, you were never going to help them anyway in the long term because you don't have the ability to persevere through adversity. So, all right, let's talk a little cruton. I'm going to give you some names of some running backs because we are, as I said, contractually obligated to talk 2020 running back recruiting every time on this show. Here are the names. Mayan Williams, Jameer Gibbs, Jalen Knighton, 
If I told you right now I think the running backs for Ohio State in this class will be Mayan Williams and Jameer Gibbs, what would you say? I'd say I think it's possible. You know, I, I mean, Jameer Gibbs is going to come back for an official visit per the dean, Bill Kierlick of Bucknuts.com. And, you know, I had said coming into the visit, one source thought that Ohio State would maybe be the biggest challenger to Georgia Tech, uh, whereas long-time commitment stands just because of the personalities on Ohio State staff and the way that program's built, that Jameer would, pro- would be maybe a better fit at Ohio State than some of those SEC programs. But <clears> – <throat> He's also been to Alabama a bunch, and so I'm not ruling them out. And uh, uh, Mayan, uh, there was a time where he gets the offer. You think it's uh, it, it's obvious that he's going to flip, but then um, there's been a, a long time since then where you feel like he's going to stick, and and uh, it seems like it's starting to pick back up again that he may flip. I think that there are some people in Ohio State's recruiting class uh, as of last week, that were still skeptical that Mayan would be joining them, where, for instance, I think people feel good about where they stand with C.J. Stroud, the top 247 quarterback, going into this next wave of visits. Uh, so uh, I think it's possible they get those guys. Uh, I'm not as far along as some of my peers as to say maybe they, that they're going to be in the class. Uh doesn't mean they're wrong. I just uh, I'm behind, I guess. How about Jalen Knighton? At the, the end of the day, and again, maybe I'm wrong, because he did almost go to Ohio State. Uh, I haven't had any interaction with the Knighton camp uh, where I have, you know, talked to people around Gibbs and, and Mayan. Um, Jalen Knighton, I would, I, just on the surface, I would say it probably makes more sense for him to either stick at Florida State after they hire a new coach because that depth chart is kind of thin, or I wouldn't be surprised if he flipped to like a Florida uh, or, or a Miami or, or just somewhere – more in state, but uh, again, Ohio State did almost land him once. If he comes back up for the Penn State game, uh, which Bill had, rep- I don't know if Bill's report has developed, but I know it was, uh, I know he had reported that Jalen may make it for the Penn State game, so maybe they'll rekindle the old magic. He obviously loved Ohio State at one point, but there's a reason why he picked Florida State over Ohio State in the end. I mean, a lot of people could foresee this happening at Florida State. Um, maybe not necessarily getting fired after 20 games, but it's not like they were trending right. One of the most penalized teams in college football a year ago. Um, it was, you know, for lack of better words, a, a S show, you know, and uh, where Ohio State's a well-oiled machine, um, and, and the players love being part of it. So he still picked Florida State. I just wonder if proximity is a bigger deal than we originally thought. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Be back. Talk college football playoff. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. The college football playoff rankings were released again the other night. Ohio State dropped one spot. LSU is now in the driver's seat. Number three, Clemson. Number four, Georgia. Everybody knew who one, two, and three would be in some order. Steve, I have looked at the schedules for Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Utah, Penn State, Minnesota, and Baylor. Oklahoma should be in there a little bit, but I actually didn't put them in because I don't think they're in a great spot. Played out the schedules. The one scenario I have not heard of that I would like you to comment on. 
So this is going to be a little bit long-winded. So I expect Alabama to win out at Mississippi State versus very formidable Western Carolina, wherever that is, and then at Auburn. I do not think Georgia will win out. They got to go to Auburn, which is a tough game. They got to go to Georgia Tech, which on the face of it isn't a tough game, but that's a brother rivalry. And then I just don't think they'll beat LSU in the championship game. So they're going to have another loss. They will be out. Oregon, even if they win out, the loss to at Auburn when all the SEC schools beat Auburn, I, I just don't see that as being possible. Utah, I guess, has a chance to win out. Penn State as well. If Penn State wins out, they're going, obviously, because they will have beaten Ohio State and then won the Big Ten title game. Baylor would have to beat Oklahoma twice and Texas. For some reason, people give credit to beating Texas. I don't, I don't understand that, and I just don't see their schedule being strong enough. However, if they are undefeated and the Big 12 champ, they would enter this mix as well. But how about this? If Minnesota wins out and loses close to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, they'll have one loss with a close title game loss to a playoff team. Would Minnesota then get in over a one-loss Alabama? I mean, I th- obviously they would have a, a, a case to be made. But I just don't think they would. I think that a uh, uh, one-loss Alabama team that would beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl and with all the, the offensive firepower they have. And I understand this isn't the uh, uh, this isn't your older brother's Alabama defense. So here's my take on the on the college football playoff: is I want the four best teams, and I know Alabama hasn't played anyone, but I still think that on the surface that I I think they're the fourth best team in the in the country right now. I think that they would beat Oregon if they played Oregon tomorrow. I think they'd beat Minnesota. I think they'd beat Penn State. Um, I, I think they'd beat Utah. I think they'd beat Oklahoma. I think they'd beat Baylor. So that's kind of where I, where I stand. Is uh, if Alabama played Minnesota, I would think that they would beat Minnesota even under your scenario. And uh, so I would pick Alabama. Um, the 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 tough decision for me would be if Minnesota or Penn State beat the Buckeyes in a close one, and then you're debating between Ohio State and Alabama. That's the that's the toughest one because that I I am one that wants the four most talented best teams in there, the ones that have a shot to give us the best game. I understand. People are talking about resume and body of work and winning their conference, and that should count for something. And I'm not mad at anyone that feels that way. Um, I also, you know, Ohio State should have got in in 2015. The Ohio State fans that are mad that people are saying Alabama should get in now should not be mad because this could happen to Ohio State again at some point down the road, and, and they should be advocating for each other if they're the best team. And, and I, I understand that people think Alabama's defense isn't very good, but it's been some really good teams that have gashed them up now. And they're playing a lot of young kids, and they've had some injuries. But their offense is absolutely loaded. And LSU came out and, and smoked them early, but there were times in that game where Alabama was dominating LSU as well. Um, so I'd like to see them play again. Um, is that fair to LSU? I don't know. But uh, it's just – uh, I want to see the best four. And, and uh, so I don't want to have a scenario where we have to pick between Ohio State and, and Alabama. Um, but chaos is fun, too. You know, it'll be fun. It'll be uh, entertaining TV over the next couple of weeks if, if we see, if we see, you know, if Georgia, if, if Georgia beats, uh, um, 
Auburn and, and we start getting we get a big SEC title game, uh, that's huge. Because if, if Georgia runs the table, they're in. Uh, and LSU, I think, still in if they only lose to Georgia. So um, I just can't make a case for Oregon. And, and people are like, uh, I like when people bring up this squad beat these this many ranked teams, and then they'll say Indiana. Like, I love Indiana, but um, a win over Indiana doesn't make me, like, think, all right, you deserve to be in the playoff over Alabama. They would beat Indiana also. They just didn't play them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so I, I, that's kind of where I stand. I think I got long-winded, and I don't even know if I fully answered your question other than I took Alabama over Minnesota. All things even for one loss. All things even, Alabama's my favorite one-loss team right now, and the only other team that would make me think twice about being a one-loss team is Ohio State. And if if LSU and Georgia are both one-loss teams, they'll get in over Alabama purely on the fact that LSU beat Bama and Georgia beat LSU. So, And I'm good with that. So that's kind of where I stand on it. And if Baylor's undefeated, they get in, obviously, and same with Minnesota. If we learn anything in the last few minutes, it's that this thing is totally fluid, and anybody who says they know what's going to happen is full of it. We appreciate Steve stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. All right, y'all. See you on the front row. Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.